they never make it easy, do they? It can never be a, a straightforward game. It always, always has to come down to the wire some way, somehow. But Phoenix Rising rescuing a one-all draw here at Southwest University Park in El Paso. I'm Owen Evans, joined by Jake Anderson. You're joining us for the PHNX Rising post-game show. Yeah, there's a lot to talk after that one, I feel. Rising finished the night sitting in third place as a result of that one-all draw and some results elsewhere, but it doesn't allow them to clinch this weekend. Well, you know what? I've spoken enough in that little opening gambit there. Jake, let's listen to your first thoughts overall on that game. Let's go. I just I just don't understand the 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 lack of intensity the the lack of like there was like the like El Paso gave you the ball in the first half and there was no there was no wanting it it, it seemed it they looked sluggish I don't know if playing in the midweek in a third game in eight days was heavy on the legs but it just was infuriating to see the standing the passing it side to side in in the defense and even when guys did come to check to the ball it was slow it was the there, there was nothing there, and then you, you were fearful every time they had the, uh, their back to gold with a defender coming on them. That if they did turn it over, which they did do a few times, I mean, El Paso easily could have been up two, two nil in the first half. Um, they obviously get that intensity, but we've been saying this all season. Why can't you play the last 20, 30 minutes of the second half? For at least more than a half, and, and and I get that El Paso starts to sit back with a one nothing lead, and they don't go as far up the field. But it, it it's just that, and combined with the fact that the the goal that they do end up allowing, they get, they did get lucky a couple of times, right? That off the post and it skidded right across the goal line. I mean, they they could have been down early on, but the 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 Krutzen mistake, and and I've been hard on Krutzen all year because I've just seen mistake after mistake. But tonight, it's just he comes in in the second half, and it's like it's a it's defending one on one. You got to check behind you, cut off the passing lanes. Where are the other team's attackers in your own box? I mean, it it it's just it, the fact that they scraped away with a point. Um, if you just look at the score line or maybe look at the stats, you're like, oh, okay, that's a decent result. You watch this game for 90 minutes, and honestly, the the uh, the announcers that I had to listen to, obviously, back at home, for the entirety of the match was beyond aggravating. But just yeah, I'm 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 heated. This game really pissed me off because I'm I'm fearful that going forward now you you're throwing away opportunities to host the game. You've proven you can't play on the road for whatever reason, and, and now it's coming down to you're, yeah, you're in third place, but San Diego's probably going to win against Las Vegas and jump you. Now you're going to drop down to fourth and it's all going to come down to, are you going to beat OC at home at home? You, you think you might, um, but I don't know. You might give away, you might give away the two points of the death again. Who knows? Yeah, there is a chance of that, of course. And that game now looking increasingly crucial next weekend. We knew it was going to be a big one, but especially on a night like this rising dropping points, um, it can feel like a point gained. It can feel like one of those drills that, that sometimes feel like it feels like a win as you come back there. But of course, thank you of course, to uh, our good friend discount Jake or uh, Dr. Doom and gloom for the uh, nice negative analysis of that one, even yeah, if he's was, right, but you know what? You referenced the game Rick Chance. <laughs> But you know what? You referenced the numbers there. Let's take a quick look, actually, at the stats from this 
game. Uh, if we take a quick look at that, Rising actually finished on top in terms of XG, the expected goals. Some of those chances that Rising created, I think there, there were ones you had to do a lot better with. And, and that kind of shows, right, in some of those numbers further down. Rising creating 14 shots, El Paso 13, but only two of Risings are on target versus seven for El Paso. That really does kind of sum it up here. And you, you just look at some of those moments, right, on another night, Emi Equajo's open header, quite frankly, should have found the back of the net or at least forced a good save out of the goalkeeper. Or at least uh, make Manuel it Arteaga, Yeah, you've got to do something with it, right? You look at uh, Manuel Arteaga's effort when he managed to round the goalkeeper and can't keep it on target. It's, it's those kind of moments that you just, you look at and think, ugh. On another night, they go your way. But, of course, you can say the exact same about El Paso. They had similar moments themselves. The one that comes off of the, the post and the inside of the post, let's be honest, um, and bounces back across the face of goal. The one that just about narrowly goes past the post. Both of those coming in the first half. El Paso could really have been 2-0 up at the break. They weren't, but they could have been. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the another chance that, that Manu had, which was the only other shot on target, is the one that, you know, he is, what, just outside the six, maybe level with the penalty spot, and he sends it right into the keeper's chest instead of just putting it into a corner. I know I'm, I'm being harsh on, on, on a striker, but, I mean, at the end of the day, that's his, that's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. And the fact that the ball went up just meant he was focused on power, not necessarily focused on placement from that distance. I mean, these are going to be the fine lines as we get into – now there's three games left. Now you get into the postseason. I mean – you look at a game like tonight, if this was a playoff game, I mean, yes, these have been the same exact games the last two two matches now. The opposite uh, trends in terms of how they happened. But let's say this was a playoff match. Now you have absolutely no defense left, right? Because you you put in Formella and you put in Gallardo for your wingbacks. Now you're, you're basically playing a 3-7. I mean, that was... That was what they threw out there. I mean, yes, you 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 still had a couple of midfielders, but you were throwing the kitchen sink just to try to get this equalizer. And like you said with Quajo's header, like that abs absolutely has to at least be on target at the very minimum. You have to make contact with your head. I mean, it just it, it's it's frustrating when you're watching professional soccer players not complete the basics. Um, and again, it's a regular season match. You you hope that they can tidy this up as you get to the home stretch. But if you look at the better. The better teams around the league, they're starting to figure it out and starting to figure out the right time. Like San Antonio had a – and I will get into the USL scores later on. But, I mean, you look at other teams that are figuring out that you might have to play eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? We've given our first reaction to this one. Let's turn it over to the head coach of Phoenix Rising. Let's listen to Juan Guerra's overall thoughts on the match. Listen, Owen, I, I haven't even seen the table. I haven't seen anything. Um, um, if we focus purely on what just happened for the last 95 minutes, I think it's positive. It's, it's very positive to, to finish a three-game week on the road. We wanted to win. We wanted to win, and wherever we go, we, we try to play the same way, and, and, and we try to go for the game to try to win. Um, the first half was a very good performance on the road to be able to play the way we wanted to play, to be able to expose them through lines, to be able to get to the final third. And I think we lacked a bit of the final touch in the final third to, to make a good decision that could have ended up in, a, in an opportunity. Second half, I think we started well as well, even though we have to make a substitution because uh, Ale was playing a good game. 
Um, but I mean, he felt something, and we didn't want to risk it. There's three weeks game, uh, left in the season, and we don't want to risk any players. So we made a substitution, and Danny is playing on the right side. We ended up with three left, cent left uh, lefty center backs, and we've done a good job too. We we're playing well. We're keeping the ball. We're controlling the game how we wanted to control it. And then in, in, in one play, they he fell asleep. I have to see it again. And then a guy finishes a play. You go down 1-0 on the road. In El Paso, it's very difficult. It's not easy. But the boys didn't. The boys didn't back down. They kept going forward. They kept trying to control the game. I think we generated enough chances to at least have scored one. And I, I don't think it was going to be fair if we would have lost the game tonight. Um, we scored. We, we generated enough chances to score more than one. That is true. But also, I think El Paso generated a few chances, and it could have been also more than one. I mean, when we look at this overall, Jake, I think. Here's the question, really. Is a draw a fair result coming out of this game? Yeah, I think I think one point a piece is is fair, uh, but it easily, easily could have gone could have gone either way, honestly, if, if anyone wanted to take their chances um, and the chances that that were I mean, take nothing away from from Formella's finish. I I can't quite tell if he's on or not. I mean, there's a far El Paso player on the far end of the box that may be level with them and we'll never know. And it really doesn't matter. Um, but I, my question to you is if I said to you five points this week, would you have want, would you have taken that against the teams you were playing and where you were playing? I don't know if five is enough. I would have taken six or seven for sure, but I think five yeah. is disappointing, especially with how it happened. I think it's one of those ones where if Rising had not conceded that stoppage time goal on Wednesday, walked away with seven points this week with a draw today, you'd have taken it. You'd have looked yeah. at it and said, OK, that's fine. You wouldn't have felt as though they'd really thrown too much away. And, and they'd be in a, a better position at the moment going in tonight, especially with regards to the table. Again, we'll get into that one later, but they would be in a better position um, tonight. At the end of the day, it's... It is tough at the same time, right? This is the coming towards the end of the season. Yes, you have two home games in that three, ga three games in eight-day stretch. Uh, but playing three games in eight days is not an easy one. Um, it's not easy when you go into the Wednesday game knowing that your opponent, yes, they had to travel. They've had to get days more rest than you. It's not easy going into a game here in El Paso when you're looking at it, and El Paso did not have to play a midweek and have had a whole week off to managed to recover, to prepare for this game, not had to worry about quickly trying to turn things around. At the same time, yeah, I, I think you look at the calibre of the teams that Rising had to play this week, and, and when you break those things down, you look at a group of teams that are all of which realistically bottom half teams, um, and you, you probably expect more than five points out of that. Juan is taking the positives. We can take the positive, at least the boys did show some fight tonight. They fought back after going down on the road. Uh, but still, ultimately, it's it's five points from three games. And yeah, yeah, there are, there are definitely questions you can ask about whether they should have done better over the course of this week. Well, you know what? One group that didn't let this team down, we're going to go over to not really a man of the match, but more of our men, women of the match. Uh, we're going to give it today to the Travelling Rising support. It's about a six hour, 18 minute drive. Thank you to our producer, Emma, for working that one out. 430 miles via the I-10. It's a nice long trip. That image doesn't capture all of them, but gets them down there in the corner with the flag up cheering the boys on all night long and we know just from 
when you speak to the players, you speak to the coaches, just how much it means to have that traveling support. Uh, I'm sure they're all going to be enjoying themselves tonight at the very least across the streets. But of course, if they do make that six hour and 18 minute drive, the, the smartest way to prepare for that would be to sign up for Circle K's Inner Circle program. You actually save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips, if you sign up for the Circle K Inner Circle program, completely free. There are other benefits as well. You earn your way towards free snacks, loads of good stuff like that. And of course, remember, this Circle K is everywhere, right? They're all over the country. You know you're going to find them. You know you're going to get decent price gas. Make sure to sign up for the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details and of course if you are back in arizona you didn't make the trip a good time maybe to crack out some beers whether in celebration or commiseration it's an awkward one tonight of course the draw um but regardless make sure to crack out some beers and if you're going to do so crack out some four peaks right you can go for the wow you can go kilt lifter hazy uh there's loads of types of of beers that four peaks put out whatever you like i mean i obviously am I'm partial to the wow. Uh, I am not going to pronounce it in the weird way that Max likes to pronounce it on our podcast whenever he give him the opportunity. I'm not going to say it like that. But if I was back in Arizona right now, I would be reaching straight into the fridge and picking out a wow. And there's a lot of other stuff coming out as well. Of course, they're getting right into fall. They're going to do, you know, lots of Oktoberfest related stuff. You've got, of course, the pumpkin porter, which is always a really, really nice drink. Um, especially when they start using that as well at their H Street pub and making the uh, pumpkin pie there as well. Really nice stuff. Uh, make sure to check them out on Four, Pe Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on socials to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. Right, so Jake, we give a man slash women slash everyone of the match to uh, the traveling support. But uh, anyone else who stood out for you, positive or negative on Rising Side tonight? Positive, Rocco. I mean, I feel like that's a given most matches, um, especially early on. There was a few of those 1v1s when Rising had possession and they were kind of caught out with everyone high up the pitch and their just defenders are just beaten for pace. Um, from a negative standpoint, and I was talking to Juan Yeresti about this. He obviously does the Spanish broadcast with Ramon. Um but Carlos Harvey has not been the same um, recently. I, I don't know if it was the time away on international duty, uh, whatever it may be. He's nowhere near the same that he was at the beginning of the year when he was the driving engine of this team. I mean, he was winning every 50-50 and making plays with his feet. And, and I know he scored on Wednesday, don't get me wrong, but there were there were some times tonight where it was just the touch was off, the pass was not crisp, and – when that second touch is going to have to, or that first touch is just to control the ball to yourself or your pass isn't good enough, your teammate has to take another touch just to get your pass under control. When you have a team like El Paso who's pressing on you, like I mentioned earlier, with your back to goal, those are the problems. Those are the issues, and you're going to lead into scoring opportunities for your teammates. I just uh, – I don't know. It's – it's it's you, you – we saw in the last – you know, this past month – this team had been ascending and been catching fire and catching storm. And you had hoped that that form would carry on into the postseason. And I'm just hoping that, you know, this is just a, a, a dip or just playing too many games in, in a couple of days, but you really hope that this isn't a trend and you don't want to go into the playoffs limping in. Cause we've seen 
we've seen Phoenix Rising do that in the past. Um, and it just, it, it never bodes well. It's never advantageous to, to not be at your best as you go into the elimination matches where, you know, one mistake and that's it. It's over. Indeed, yeah, you never want to be limping into those. But worth noting, of course, that there are no more Wednesday night games, at least, coming up throughout this season. No more of those condensed weeks for Phoenix Rising. Uh, some other things to note there, of course, if we're talking about Carlos Harvey's performance, of course, Renzo Zambrano will be available as of the next match. He missed two games this week due to yellow card accumulation, picking up 11 on the season. That man can't keep himself out of the book. Uh, and I'm seeing in the chat here, shout out to the chat, by the way, um, when lots of you are uh, saying a lot of things to us. Unfortunately, my laptop is slightly off to here, so I can't read all of you constantly. Uh, but I did see and Pat here saying apparently the El Paso broadcast said that, that Rocco was poor. Did you catch that one, Jake? So, <laughs> did, did, was that genuinely something that was said, that, that Rocco had a poor game? There were um, seven shots on target. He let one in. I mean, if you really want me to go into what the broadcast said, I mean, there was, there was, um, I don't know if they talked about Rocco being poor, but I know they talked about how Formella's chance was like one of the only chances. And it was like, I don't, I don't know what you're seeing. And they were talking about how they were talking about how Chicharito is the best rebound pouncer in, in football. And it's like there was a Brazilian guy named Ronaldo who made a, a career off of those. You might have heard of him. Um, they said that Panos didn't touch the ball. And Panos would have assisted Manu's goal that he shot right at the goalkeeper. He literally shipped it over. Like, again, the, the, it was – and I understand that the, the UTEP football game is the reason why they had a, a backup um, broadcast team. Because the play-by-play guy, you could – I felt like I couldn't tell if I was watching high school kids or youth parents watch their own kids play. Because literally, oh, the, the way the play-by-play announcer would, would talk about this game is he would react as if he was a fan, right? And, and, I, and I get, like, however you may feel about someone saying we on a broadcast, it's their broadcast. So I don't really care if you say we or not. But it's just – it was so homerish. It was so one side, and, and I get it. It's their broadcast, but they're just blatantly not watching the game. They're just talking about El Paso in an El Paso lens only. I mean, the, the, the fact that they said that they had no aerial threat and no chances via crosses when Cuejo clearly, clearly should have equalized with his opportunity. I mean, it, they, uh, I'm done with this broadcast. This broadcast was infuriating. <laughs> I'm, I should have listened to it. I will say. I wish, it just, the problem was it would have been off. It would have been delayed, right? It, I wouldn't have been watching true. words with what I was seeing. This is true. Well, I tell you what, as soon as you mentioned it, they said that Panos didn't touch the ball. I did have to, to look at the stats and can say that Panos Lamanakis touched the ball 48, yeah, 48 touches. Uh, which is more than all but three of El Paso Locomotive's players on the night. So whether you think he had a good game, a bad game or not, you can't deny the fact that he, he did get involved in the play, uh, which apparently some would suggest uh, otherwise. Um, if you look more broadly, you know what? People are mentioning the Formella goal again. Um, I tell you what, that's gotten a lot of plaudits. I've heard a lot of good things. Um, funnily enough, right, and... Sometimes, unfortunately, this is the case as you are sitting up here in the press box and hurriedly typing away a description for the show. 
and uh, all of a sudden the ball hits the back of the net. I have actually not seen that goal. Uh, Jake, would you like to describe it for me? Um, yeah, it was actually a nice bit of build-up play, nice bit of one-two touch. It was three players involved. I am blanking. It might have been Carlos to Trejo, Trejo to Formella, and like I said, Formella in a, in a very tight triangle. But Formella, I, I get it. Can't tell if he's offside or not. El, the El Paso broadcast will say he is. Um, the El Paso broadcast also said that El Paso was the best team tonight and deserved the three points. Again, it could have gone either way. Neither team wanted to score, it seemed like. But if you look at Formella's finish, it's a curler. It goes right around the goalkeeper, gives him no chance. It hits side netting. It's a beautiful finish. Does VAR take that away? Maybe. But we don't have a good angle because, in fact, the El Paso broadcast angle and this is nothing to do with the announcers this is just the way this baseball stadium is built with the camera you can't get a camera angle that shows see. the entire offside exactly line, no. you can't even see the corner <laughs> of the field i'm tired of these baseball stadiums in this league man like it i can't wait till cashman field's done <laughs> and cashman field doesn't even host baseball games anymore but you know what i was actually told before the game um and not from someone from el paso someone from phoenix so I'd, i'll give him a bit of credit on this one that apparently this is one of the better playing surfaces that you get among these baseball fields it's clearly baseball. not good on the sight lines but among the baseball fields in this league this is one of the better surfaces can you show the, the picture of the pitch you sent me? We don't years? happen to have that one set up, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> rumor has it that maybe I'll be tweeting that one later on. But you know what? If we're talking about Darish Formella's goal, I uh, should have a little bit of a listen, actually, to what Juan had to say about that particular goal. Let's have a listen to it. I've seen Darius do that finishing hundreds of times. Last year, where we were together, and this year, they... He stays after training and, and, and he does that same finishing. And as soon as they play, I think it was a wall pass and they both stay there. I was just thinking he's he's going to cur curl it to the second post. And it was a great goal. It was a great goal. I, I like the play too, the way that the build up to the to the goal. And then the finish was, was very good. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just reading the chat. I forgot about this. The uh, broadcast who the broadcast color guy who was actually the academy director talked about the backheeled article um, about uh, Panos. Two facts he got completely wrong. One, Joe Lowry, who I do love Joe, didn't write it. It was John Morrissey. And then two, he said that Panos was the Guardian's top 100 youth player. It was top 50. Like, just get your facts straight. If you're going to say something on a broadcast, at least say factual information. This would be why our friends over at Rising Radio tend to have notes sitting in front of them to make sure they don't make errors like that. But yes, going back to Darish's goal, um, that was one actually. Juan says in there he's seen him do that a hundred times in training. Uh, at that same time, Patrick Rakowski was walking in down the tunnel um, the first time that Juan was talking about that goal. And Juan turns to him and goes, how many times have you seen that one? And he's like, at least three times a week in training. Like He does this all the time, apparently. Well, then maybe he should get some more minutes. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. We'll have to see. I, mean, he's... I don't know how the formation works out, but... But he's got two goals in three games now um, with very minimal playing time. Um, maybe it is something you have to, to consider quite how you choose to go about that, how, many, how you get him more minutes on the field. Um, it'd be interesting. That one would be interesting. But... Um, 
one of a we'll get one last clip i think from juan uh from tonight uh before he spoke to me he went in quickly to speak to the players and uh here's what he said his message to the players was everything is positive about tonight uh we wanted to win we want to win every single time but um El Paso is a tough team, man. It's a tough team that they're not getting the results they've, they've deserved or earned. Last game versus Sacramento, we scouted them well, and they've done a very good job, and they lost it in the, in the last last few seconds. Uh, they're, 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 they've made a, a tactical change that, that I believe made them a lot stronger. It's a team that is not giving up a lot of goals right now and has a lot of offensive power. So coming over here tonight and under the circumstances and the situation that we went on the game to get a point is very important. Uh, everything is positive about tonight. We are going uh, through through a very good moment, not just based on results, but also based on performance as well. The performance tonight is it was it was good. Um, things to improve every single time after every single game after every single practice. We were very ambitious and we want to keep getting better. But everything about tonight has to be positive. Yeah. So he's taking the positives definitely coming out of that game again i understand it right this is not it's not easy to go on the road it's not easy to do so especially at the end of a stretch like this and again when you score a goal late on you don't want to deflate the guys do you You don't want to go in too heavy um after that one even though again there are a lot of things right that do need that do need work um it's yeah any more thoughts on tonight's game specifically, Jake? Just to follow up on your point, I don't know, obviously, what was said in the locker room after Wednesday or tonight, but there comes a point to where you just got to look at your leaders in the eye and and, and almost tell them to, to communicate to, the, to their teammates. I mean, yes, I know the team does do a little huddle before each half, right on the pitch, but it's one of those to where, you know, Juan can only do so much. Um, he, he puts them out in the best position possible. He thinks, and but the players have to execute. And so I think if, you know, Danny Panos, you know, Darnell, whoever it may be, that's on the pitch, just have to look each other in the eye and just say, guys, like we got to be better. Like it's been good the last month. Don't get me wrong. You're at what seven unbeaten now, but it, it has to be better because you have to continue this ascension into the playoffs. You, you can't, like I said earlier, you can't limp in because there's, there's, there's nothing worse than, than coming into the playoffs with your, your tail between your legs. You're only going to, you're asking to be defeated. And I think if you can get this win against OC, just finish fourth. I don't think third's going to be really doable at this point, but if you can finish fourth, host a playoff game, win that, because you'll be playing a team that's just as good as you are, that can give you confidence to then maybe get an upset, which can then start a potential domino effect. Because once you get to the finals, the, which you know the conference finals, and then the, a final, I mean, really anything can happen at that point. But I think it's coming down to now. Just the, the players have to take it upon themselves. I mean, Juan can only do so much. You can only yell at the guys so much. The the, the players need to take this personally, and they need to go out and some of these guys who are still on don't have year extensions. Now you're playing for your own contract. So there's a lot to play for. There is, there is, of course, again, tonight where you can take certainly some positives, but there's also some frustration. And if you need to try and take a bit of a chill, let those frustrations go. Of course you can try the 
Jake Anderson approved oh geez he, he did indeed approve of them the last time that i had him on the show so uh jake i'm sorry we've we've got your seal of endorsement on them now that's okay i approve the thing that make indeed he does approve uh jake enjoyed the summer edition the pink lemonade and of course that's the thing that that makes og so good right the gummies themselves are actually they're good gummies okay they're good tasting gummies and that's a key part in this, uh, there's lots of different flavors. They've also got those mixed bags that we keep telling you about. You can go with the fruits. You've got lots of different options there. The red apple, the watermelon, the peach, and the fruits. You've got the creams, the blackberries and cream, the orange cream skull, the peaches and cream. Try out those mixed bags and check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself. You can try one, a few of their flavors, however many you feel like. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands, O-G-E-E-Z Brands, and online at OG brands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you you must of course be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly meanwhile you know i'm gonna be heading out i'm sure to a bar after we're done here um unfortunately it will not be valley taproom because i'm a little bit far away from gilbert if i was a little bit closer probably have to be valley taproom we always have a good time we head on down there with our guy donald uh, went down there with Max this last Tuesday. We did trivia. We finished second. I'll take second. I'll take second. That's not bad. It's high, higher up the leaderboard than Rising are at the minute. They're currently in third. Um, but I'll take second. Second's a decent shot. I've never course. finished in league history. Yeah, there we go. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take second. I'll take second. Right, but lots of different beer options there. Thirty different taps, and of course you got bottles and cans as well. Uh, they've got wine there. Uh, if you feel like something different, they've got. Uh, limited bar menu there you can of course bring food from from elsewhere yeah, there's a couple of different places in the area you can bring food in from and just have a great night there honestly uh can't recommend the uh the trivia night enough it's good fun there always good fun with a few pints uh remember of course if you're going to go there and drink you got to be 21 or over but make sure to check them out on instagram at valley tap room and visit them off the 202 in gilbert always a good time at valley tap room we love it right we can i think make a move now uh before we move on to around the usl though i do believe uh producer emma so jake was referencing earlier a photo that i had of the the playing surface uh from before the game producer emma has very quickly thrown that on a background and we got it there just so you can see from uh pretty close up there what it looks like where the infield dirt meets the rest of the pitch and uh yeah, Jake, uh, your first reaction when you saw that picture earlier today. What the hell is that? <laughs> like, it's USL Championship right there. That's USL Championship right there, Jake. It looks so much worse on TV. Like it, it, it. Like it literally just just looks like some. Have you seen Fun with Dick and Jane the movie? For those that have seen the the the. Jim Carrey movie, Fun with Dick and Jane. It's about it's about Enron basically when everyone loses all their money in a, in in the in the Ponzi scheme, and he loses his lawn and he goes and he and he cuts all his neighbors' lawns to put them on his own front yard, and so it's a bunch of different colors, it's a bunch of different cuts, and that's what that looks like. It it's awful. I I just we talked about this on on Thursday for the pod how. They might not cut the grass. They might not water it. They just have to bring in different side to put it over dirt. I just, and then what the hell is happening behind you? <laughs> the window's closing, Jake. It's okay. Great. Do not be alarmed. Do Great. not be alarmed, viewers. It's okay. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's look, it's the reality of this league on Titans. That's what happens. Um, but speaking of this league, do we have a quick look around the USL? Right, I'm gonna have to read out these scores. So, starting out on the east with the earlier kickoffs, Loudoun United one, Louisville City two, Pittsburgh Riverhands two, New Mexico United one, Tampa Bay Rowdies two, Memphis 901 four, Detroit City three, Hartford Athletic nil, Charleston Battery two, FC Tulsa one, Colorado Springs Switchbacks two, Sacramento Republic nil, San Antonio four, Orange County nil, and Oakland Roots two, Monterey Bay. Two. Well, the big one there, really, from Rising's perspective, San Antonio with a massive win over Orange County, taking it 4 0. It's look, it's one of those games that I think it's really opened up the possibility for Rising to, despite dropping points here today, find their way into those top four places and, and stay there because. I know I was speaking to people earlier today. They were asking the question, what's the result that you want to see? Do you want to see a draw in that game? Because it opens up the possibility of catching San Antonio. My response to most of those people was, don't bite off more than you can chew, right? Take it slow, steps, trying to make sure you get up there. What you don't want to do is see Orange County pick up points in that position, allow them come the end of the season to finish above Phoenix Rising, especially given that Orange County have an additional game to play. Um, I, I think that, when you see rising dropping points today in the way that they did um and on wednesday to be perfectly frank orange county losing in that match knowing they're going to play san antonio again before the season is out um is really critical in terms of opening up the opportunity to host a playoff game yeah and i i just i don't see any way that you you i know san diego is currently a point behind but two games in hand they get to play the best team in the league las vegas twice so it there's six points. I mean, there's just – I don't see who they drop. Maybe they drop some points to El Paso on the road. But I just don't see how they how they catch San Diego. And now it all comes down to can you – you have to win on Saturday. You, you, you have to win on Saturday because, like you said, with the game in hand that OC has, it's a, it's a six-point game. And if they have a game in hand and you don't win – even if you even if you draw, no one moves, and they have the game in hand, and they can always just draw, and then they're they're past you. So that I mean that that's probably who you're going to end up playing in the first round, for, from the looks of it as of right now. Would you rather play them in Phoenix or would you rather play to OC? Obviously, history in the playoffs was it only the one game? So and that was the conference final with you know Didier was still playing, um, and he scored, but it. They're not. We saw what what OC was is capable of. We we understand how well they can play. How they won this thing two years ago. So you you got you you have to start treating these games like finals. Like I I you. It's just infuriating to me because I I just don't see how this team can go on the road. But hey, at the same time, at the same time, if we want to, if I want to be positive for once tonight. At the same time, it, the playoffs are all about not losing, right? You you don't necessarily even have to score to lift the cup. No. Orange County were a perfect example of that in 2021. Yeah. You don't have to be a good team. You don't have to go out there and, and dominate games. You have to hang in there and hope that you get that little bit of luck that goes your way. I mean, Rising 
let's be honest, right? Phoenix Rising haven't won a USL Championship playoff game in 90 minutes since 2018. They've made the final since then. And that was against OC. Off the back of two two cases of kicks from the mark and uh, a dodgy so handball goal, a dodgy punched handball oh. goal in the uh, in in an extra time on the um, at home against Sacramento Republic. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, sometimes you just need to ride your luck a little bit. Now, Oakland against Monterey Bay, ending a draw. That's an interesting one. Oakland were on a massive slide. Uh, Monterey Bay led twice in that game. Oakland ultimately coming back to equalize in the 90th minute. Really a critical one for them. Would have opened the uh, door for El Paso to possibly be in the top eight tonight if that game had ended as a Monterey Bay win. But as it stands instead, El Paso is still one point below the playoff line. As we look, of course, the top two teams in the West now have clinched Sacramento, 55 points. San Antonio on 54. Phoenix Rising sitting in third on 47 points. They're above Orange County on the same points. Uh, Orange County do have a game in hand. But again, these two teams will face each other in Phoenix next weekend. San Diego, they're playing tomorrow. So they actually have two games in hand on Rising. They're on 46 points, one behind the two teams above them. Colorado Springs switchbacks now 43 points, 30 games played. And Oakland Roots, again, 30 games played, 41. Monterey Bay, 31 games played, 41 points. Um, and I mean, they have a game yeah. in hand. Let's say they win, they're a point back. Then they win the head-to-head at the end of the last game of the season in Colorado. That's elevation. Mm-hmm. That's a tough place to play. That's turf. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They... This is this is when the dropping of points becomes even more infuriating. Because if you look over the course of the season, all the times you've dropped a point, dropped a point, dropped a point. How I mean, how vital and important are those two points from Wednesday night right now? Like, how, well, look, how there's two two points there. Look, if you take two points there, you take three points dropped against Miami and three points dropped against Vegas. At that stage, you have a team that is level on points for Sacramento Republic going for this spot. And Sac did everyone those kind of margins. Five games in a row or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, one of those. But regardless, still ending the night in third. They're in a they they still got a chance, right, to to do this as as awkward as it is. Um I will say if you look down the table though, one of the teams that to me I think is starting to really slip out of contention, even though, of course, they're not mathematically eliminated. New Mexico United, four points adrift from that playoff line. They've only got three games to play. They lost today against Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Is it... I mean, it's very close to being over for them, isn't it? Let's be honest. How fun would it be to eliminate them on October 7th? I've said this. I've said this for a few weeks. I genuinely think that that Phoenix Rising New Mexico United game could be the game that New Mexico are eliminated, and it could be that night. It could well be that night. And hell, I mean, if if for all intents and purposes, that might be a, a playoff tune-up because when you start to play with teams, because you don't you don't get the same desperation you do when you're beating a team in the final 10, 15 minutes. Yes, they're going to send everybody up. Yes, the keeper might come up. But there isn't a sense of, guys, there is no tomorrow if we lose this game. 
desperation. Guys aren't being taken off the pitch in fear of injury. Guys are doing everything they can because they know that if they don't win that game, that they're not going to be playing again until February and March, right? Like there, there's, there's a different sense of desperation that you go through. So maybe that's good practice. And it's at home in front of a crowd. You know, it's potentially the last home game of the entire season for Rising. Hopefully the crowd's big that night. Get Just give yourself something to play for. You have it. It's all to play for. Just the motivation, the the energy that the crowd can give you. It's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. Like results like tonight, you scrape away a point. Wednesday, you gave away two, and you did it at the death both times. I mean, you're on the both sides of the coin, and you got to feel it twice in four days. Uh, hopefully, now you have a week off or a week until you play a game. I wonder if Juan gives the guys a Monday off, to be honest. Um, just to recoup. Um, but, man, they got to get back to work. And, you know, without – I mean, I think tonight, honestly, showed not having Gabby Torres, what that is like. Because now it's what, – what, what is the option when 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 Eddie and, and Darnell are either tied? Like, they can't play 120 minutes for an entire postseason. I mean, I mean, who who are you going to bring in to play defense on that side? Yeah, it's that's the question, right? Gabby Torres, of course, we're expecting to not see him realistically until playoff time. Um, meanwhile, Alejandro Fuenmayor, um, I'm not sure if that was included in the the clips from Juan that played out earlier on the show, but he was taking off uh, at the time that he was because of a little bit of concern, a little bit of tightness he was having against someone you don't necessarily want to down at this stage of the season but yes all to play for still as we go through to the last three games of this regular season well jake thank you for taking the time to join today uh we will have a show max should be back from uh, his trip over to san diego uh for our show coming up on tuesday at the usual time if you do want a, an opportunity to ask some some questions of max while he's away of course you can do that on our discord but you can only do that if you are a diehard so make sure to go to our website gophnx.com sign up as a diehard today lots of great perks in there you get a free shirt on signing up and you win every single year of your membership and you get access to exclusive diehard only content across all of our beats and of course you also get as i mentioned that discord and there's discounts on merch as well it's not just the free shirt every year you get discounts on merchandise every time you order and some diehard exclusive merchandise as well uh in the meantime though again looking ahead to tuesday we'll have a show at six o'clock jake you'll be able to get that one off you won't have to uh hop on the hop on the pod for that one you can have a uh, night off there oh i'll i'll join in the chat Join in the chat. Out, we would expect nothing less from you, Jake. But again, thank you for joining. It was a day when, realistically, you may have been hoping to see Phoenix Rising hit a home run, but in the end, a late ball into the outfield, they find themselves on third. Good night. <laughs>